Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film Emma. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do proceed and listen without having seen the film, just be aware that the plot might be spoiled for you. Enjoy. There ought to be a law, get the sheriff on the phone. Lord have mercy, how she even gets them bridges on? That honky-tonk, but donkey dog. Hello. Hey. I'm really liking your beard. That's looking good. Oh, thank you very much. It's like a lot of men. It's a different colour to the hair on your head. It is. It has some definite ginge in it. That's great. I'm in the <laughs> shadows, so you can't really see me. But what I'm working on here is actually the kind of like emo fringe that I always wanted but could never achieve. So I just grew my hair out instead. And now somehow it's just falling into place, you know, roughly 15 years too late. <laughs> I'm loving it, man. I'm loving yeah. it. Yeah. I'm loving it. Get on board with the emo hair. Yep. Emo emo hair is going to be the coolest lockdown trend, along with, you know, cool food trends and stuff. Like, have you heard about this Dalgona coffee? Dalgona coffee? Yeah. I do not know. <clears throat> it's like, I haven't actually tried it yet. <clears throat> it's apparently, it's a, it's a Korean thing made with just three ingredients, coffee, sugar, and milk. Um, and it's like a frothy... Lovely, delicious drink. But it seems like most of the things use instant coffee. And I'm like, what kind of animal drinks instant coffee? I don't have instant coffee in the house. I only have instant coffee in the house. <laughs> yeah, but that's because you're an animal. You're, you're a well-known animal. <laughs> a confirmed we beast. That, we have some of that not... It's not the Nescafe stuff, but another... Nescafe company. Azera. Yeah, it's another company's attempt at Azira, which actually tastes fine. We have that for when we want coffee. Al Jazeera. Al Jazeera coffee, yeah. Yeah. You get your slice of news alongside your coffee. <laughs> I'd drink that. Um, is it like the coffee that comes out of the poo of an animal? What's that called? <laughs> yeah, poo coffee. Yeah, the poo coffee. <laughs> no, there's, there's a name for that, isn't it? I've never tried it. Neither have I. It's absurdly, <laughs> absurdly expensive poo coffee. Copy Luwak. Poop coffee. That's eaten by a it's eaten by a rodent, isn't it? And then pooed <laughs> out. And then Cat, monkey, elephant, bat, and bird shit coffee. This is the website I've been looking for. This is what I need to be reading. <laughs> I'm gonna save this to my my um what used to be Google Reader to read later. <laughs> <laughs> On the right hand side here it's got um, jump to the science behind coffee beans from poop. And then the next <laughs> next link down from that is cruelty. Can you live with yourself? <laughs> it's true. Like, could there be a worse link to be following in the, these, these times when we're all locked down and all feeling terrible about ourselves anyway? The thing that gets me is that these animals are absurdly cute and they're being kept in captivity to shit out coffee. It's, yeah, uh, it's kind of dystopian. There's something isn't it? horrendous about that. Why? This is this is a film that we should make. We should the um, like Soylent Green, but for animals and coffee. But surely it's time to make it more humane and have humans shitting out the coffee beans. <laughs> exactly. A lot of people are unemployed right now. <laughs> they could let's be, give them something they to could do. Be pooing out coffee beans for us all to <laughs> all to drink. Yeah, exactly. You can do it from the comfort of your own home. All you need is a, a kit that costs twenty five quid. 
It's like kombucha. You know, you could buy kombucha kits. It's like that. It's the same thing. It's hip. Yeah, exactly. Poo, coffee poo. We could definitely turn this into some kind of incredible pyramid scheme. <laughs> we definitely could. And then end up with a giant pyramid of coffee made from poop. Everyone else gets a giant pyramid of poo. We have a giant pyramid of coffee. That's capitalism, baby. Yeah. I did, I have just Googled um, human poo coffee because, you know, why not? Um, <laughs> Is there a human poo shock. coffee? Portland man sells human poop coffee on Craigslist. Of course, it's not a Florida man. It's a Portland man. <laughs> of course. You know how every every blog post has to have a picture? This one's just got like a stock image of a toilet on it. <laughs> I'm I'm loving it. Yeah. Oh, no. Okay. There's a picture of the poo. Oh, yeah. This is pretty nasty. <laughs> I, I'm a home roaster, and I'm noticing in the newspapers that animal poop coffee is really popular and expensive. I've been growing yellow bourbon arabica in my greenhouse for a couple of years. It's finally starting to produce quality cherry. I will personally ingest this cherry and mimic the process. <laughs> <laughs> we'll deliver in and around the Portland area $30 a pound. He certainly is a roaster, if we're taking the Scottish <laughs> slang term for it. Yeah, you roaster. <laughs> Absolute roaster. It's one of my favourite yeah. sayings. Um, it's good. Like in, now, in that, that as an insult, does that imply that you are being roasted? Or that you roast something that's not good to roast. <laughs> I have no idea what it, where it comes from, but it just means like a fool. Yeah, so, yeah. you absolute roaster, you absolute idiot. Um, I, I, I don't because to roast someone is to you know publicly insult them. Indeed, um, but yeah, like, I, you I, know, the Comedy Central roast of Joe Biden or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where that comes from in Scottish. Scottish slang is a is a um, is a strange thing. If if you know about Scottish etymology, get in touch at Big Boys Don't Pod. Tell us about the etymology of the word roaster. Yeah, why why does roaster mean idiot in Scottish? Please let me know. <laughs> I've never thought about yeah. why. I've always just said it. Um, or does it come from a film called The Brave Little Roaster? absolute roaster <laughs> scotland has the best insults yeah Bo- it really does ball bag is amazing like bull, like ball bag ball bag is an underused like i think ball bag and bellend are my favorite english insults to throw at someone because yeah they're, they're not as offensive as some of the other ones that you can throw around but you still get exactly the same meaning out of it in terms of being an undesirable <laughs> part of yeah. a human Bellend body. is a little bit out there, isn't it? Yeah. When I first heard that word at school, I thought someone I knew had made it up and that it was like ex- exclusive to our school for a qu- quite a while. Oh, wow. Maybe it was the origin. Maybe, yeah. There were a lot of Bellends at that school, to be fair. <laughs> there were also a lot of ball bags. <laughs> yep. It was all Bellends and ball bags. My favourite Disney live-action cartoon hybrid film. Which is now on Disney Plus, <laughs> but without the bell ends and ball bags, they've all been CGI'd over. Did you see that the CGIing over of um... the butthole cut? No, no, no. So you know the movie Splash. Oh yeah, I was thinking that's a one, that's one that we should watch because I've never seen it. Oh, there we go. Um, so they've CGI'd out Daryl Hannah's bum by what? by putting her hair over it. So there's this terrible CGI hair over her bum in this one scene oh, where you can geez. just see her bum because Disney are fucking weirdos. 
That is really strange. You cannot show... Like, if you're going to put non-kids films on there, like, what's the point in messing with them? Then Kids aren't going to watch it, are they? It's it's really weird, you know. Hey, we're Disney. We're going to put these Marvel movies up where half of the half the universe gets killed. <laughs> but showing a butt crack, yeah. no can do, guys. We cannot do that. We're going to put these Marvel movies up that are, you know, two and a half hours of phallic imagery and testosterone and extremely sculpted people in tight costumes. But we can't see Daryl Hannah's eighties butt. Yeah. It's because there was too much sex in the 80s. I think because the ugly Dachshund is on there and because we talked about the fact that it tries to deny the fact that sex is a thing, Disney's actually heard that and they've said, you know, let's let's go back to those times. Everything's too complicated now. Let's go back to a simpler time. I'm looking forward to the cut of Star Wars where they remove all the lightsabers and guns and replace, yeah. replace it with um, Toy Story toys. Bananas, <laughs> bananas, the balloons from up. Is you just yeah, got like Ob- giant leaks? You've got Obi Wan and Darth Vader just throwing balloons at each other. That's what it is. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Disney are absolute roasters. Yeah, categorical statement right here. Roasters plus. Yeah, roasters plus. Um, and I'm even even bigger roaster because I gave them my money. <laughs> you absolute roaster. Um, but you know what deserved our money? Emma Dot. Emma Dot, yes. Because there are some roasters in it, but they're supposed to be there because it's funny. Yes, they are some absolute, absolute roasters in this movie, but that's because they're meant to be absolute roasters. And it's a good film. Did you enjoy, did you enjoy Emma? I did, I did. Um, I think... I perhaps didn't enjoy it as much as I was expecting to, but I went in with high expectations because I'd heard good things about it from all corners. And I think in general, I find these kind of films stuffy and boring. And I'd heard that it wasn't that. So I was expecting it to be a bit more out there than it was, but I still really enjoyed it and found it fun and entertaining. Yes, it is interesting, isn't it? In that this movie, I think people oversold it from that respect. And I, I went to go and see it not not knowing anything apart from just seeing the trailers and thinking, oh, that, that it looks like a, a pretty adaptation of a book. Um, and that's what I got out of it. So then when I read about people saying about how it was out there, I was like, I mean, have these guys not seen the favourite in terms of how to make an out there period yeah. piece? That um, I think that's exactly it. It's really important to compare it to the favourite, isn't it? Because that was really out there as a period film and really bizarre, but really great. You know, I went into Emma wanting a slow motion duck race or something like that, or people, someone naked being pelted with berries in a courtyard. You know, yeah, yeah. And there wasn't that. <laughs> we wanted all of that, which you don't, you don't get. But what you do get is an incredibly well shot. I mean, this is a beautiful film. Um, an incredibly well shot adaptation of Emma with some terrific acting in it. There's these odd quirky moments that help ground the characters in a way that movies like this need nowadays um but i still feel as though this is still uh i don't want to say a conservative adaptation but do you know what i mean when i when i'm sort of talking about that it's it's not an adaptation that really pushes out the boat from the source material <laughs> but it does it does a kind of pretty straight adaptation incredibly well and it does it in a way that modern audiences can enjoy that I think some of these period pieces end up just 
going for the boring crowd who don't like any change and i think it hits that middle ground between people who would be quite happy with a really straightforward dull adaptation and the people who want a little bit more out of these kind of movies yeah i i totally agree and i i think to do a very out there adaptation of something like this is actually more difficult than to do a a historical piece like the favorite you know, people will always be annoyed and go, oh, that's not how it happened in history. But most people don't give a shit. But books, people do tend to get a bit more uppity about, I think. And people always compare it to books, especially, well, very, very famous books and books by famous authors as well. I think it's a very tough gig anyway, in terms of how it's going to be received. And especially with something like this, there at this stage, there are always going to be previous adaptations to compare it to as well. So yeah, you're right. I think given that brief it fulfills it very very well yes yeah it's and and you're completely right about adaptations causing difficulties and you know it's not the 90s anymore you can't get away with just doing clueless because nowadays <laughs> if you're a fan of something it means that you hate any attempt to do anything with it yeah um that's what if, these means. days fandom is hatred if you're if you're a fan of something you hate it yeah if you're a fan of something if anyone does anything with that source material you are a you are absolutely hating it. What's been interesting is, did you see that they released the first stills of um, the Dune adaptation that's coming this year? Oh, no. So they released the first pictures of it. And surprisingly... I'm going to look at this right now. Surprisingly, people have been really positive about it, even though they have... No way. I thought you were going to say there's been such a huge backlash from the fans Sonic the Hedgehog style that they're going to CGI Timothee Chalamet's face out of all of the scenes or something. <laughs> no, even though there is a um a bit of a bit of saucy recasting where a pre- a character previously played by white men is being played by a black woman and even that has actually been pretty well received by Dune fans which I think is really interesting. Um because god damn does that not go down well even with relatively tolerant fandoms like harry potter when things like that happen <laughs> um yeah so it's it's interesting and it, it's fascinating to see that there's a lot of positivity positivity around this movie even though dune fans have been hurt before by adaptations and by books even within the its own series where people you know it's still this landmark of science fiction that people hold in very high regard yet there's still this cautious optimism about this adaptation which i think is it's a good sign that not all fandoms are terrible that's really cool there's a an article here on gq is dune set to be the most stylish sci-fi film since the matrix wow there's just one picture here from the film it looks awesome oh no there's another one yeah it looks great they released a few stills there's one of oscar isaac that gets my heart racing i'm not gonna lie yeah um (laughs) it, it looks it looks really cool what they've done just with the costume design and that that's kind of all we've seen so far we've got jason momoa skulking in the desert which is kind of exactly where you want jason momoa to be skulking has anyone asked sting how he feels about this (laughs) does anyone need to ask sting can we not just forget about him I mean, I'm going to I'm going to rewatch the 80s Dune adaptation before I watch the new one because there is a place for it in all of its weirdness. Yeah, um, for sure. Particularly the the director's cut, the extended cut of it is fascinating because it's just this absolute monster that makes zero sense. Like even because as I'm a fan of the original book, I've not read the other Dune novels because they're massive. Um, but the original, I still haven't read it. 
I, I, like it I really love it and I think it's very interesting. Um, but I, I haven't read any of the others. But um, even as someone who's read the first book, the 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 David Lynch adaptation just is almost inscrutable in its in its attitude to, <laughs> to viewers. And you're like, okay, okay. I can see why you got David Lynch to do this film because you took an already weird concept and made it stranger and had someone milking a cat for no reason. That's... <laughs> is it not basically just um, tremors in space? Yeah, space tremors. That's the, that's all there is to June. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Bacon's June. Kevin Kevin Bacon's June. Um, but yeah, it, it's a, it's a cool. It's looking cool so far, and the 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 fandom's been pretty positive, which is nice to see. It's a real change from. I'm getting so burned out by sci-fi fandoms in particular. Like Star Wars is a nightmare. Yeah. Um, Star Trek is sometimes Star Wars fans, absolute roasters, absolute roasters. A lot of them, roasters. You are says Yoda to all of you. (laughs) Oh, yep. So you know. I'm just waiting for the Jane Austen fandom to rise up and, you know, try to finance the remaking of a film to address everything that this one got wrong. Yeah, that's what we want. Why did he get why did he get naked in his house? Why did Johnny Flynn get naked? We need to cut that scene out. I'm sure on R slash Jane Austen they've already discussed this at length. And and I do wonder, um, you know, it's not a it's not a community that I'm particularly engaged in for obvious reasons. <laughs> but <laughs> I do, I do wonder if if what the reaction's been among among like huge Jane Austen fans because I know that some adaptations are met with a bit more hostility um for for obvious reasons like um Pride and Prejudice and Zombies <laughs> some people <laughs> yeah. some people really like and some people really really hate and I'm in the really like camp because I mean we'll talk about it at length this Halloween spoiler alert it's going to be one <laughs> yeah. of the Halloween I've movies. never seen it so I'm looking um, forward to that uh but like it I I like it when people take those stories and do something a little bit different with them and maybe the one thing that disappointed me with Emma was that it maybe didn't go down that route far enough but I feel as though it added enough energy to a story that's sometimes very sort of dialogue heavy and very static in its approach to make it an engaging watch um like the, yeah. like they they put as much movement and as, as as much pace as they can into this story that's you know very much a sort of in this house they said this in this house they said this they went to town and then they said this they sat in a yeah. field and said this um but it's somebody was mean somebody was mean but it but it's an engaging watch still and you know you do have that great cinematography you do have those great performances but i think there's also it's very cleverly put together in a way that stops people from drifting off and you know i'm a man that needs an explosion every five minutes in a movie otherwise i turn it off and say this is for <laughs> soy boy beta cucks um but it but it, it no, they call you the explosion guy i'm the explosion guy i love my films you know I've got no time for for films about talking. Um, <laughs> yeah, the ugly dachshund full of explosions. Yeah, Loved it. Yeah, dog. Explosions Every ten minutes, a dog just blowing up. Yeah, exactly. Um, but but I think that I think that Emma does a really good job of um, of 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 engaging people in that way and being this very interesting and uh, and and not action packed but still energetic film 
Yeah. Energetic is the right word, but, you know, it's not an action film as it is. No, no. It's it's hard to do action set pieces when you're wearing such restrictive clothing. Um but uh but 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 I think a big part of what works so well about this is the is the casting as well. So uh Anya Taylor Joy, great performance. She's definitely a real rising star and has, has been in a load of great movies already in a in Yeah, in I hadn't career. um seen her in anything before, so um I was very impressed. Yeah, very good. And I think without her performance it wouldn't really work because obviously it's all about how dynamic and fun her performance is but also whilst also still as you say towing that line and i think she absolutely nailed it yes yeah you've got that you've got that depth of character there that that she really nails where you start off with this very status driven um person who, who whose whose direction in life is very much sort of progressing the lives of others and being that kind of of um kingmaker in this small society and 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 promoting people but not necessarily promoting people as a means for societal change but instead just sort of making connections uh but but you can see her character really grow in the screen and, and gain that maturity um and you know uh, sorry sorry i'm gonna make a very bad joke but it's great to see them do an adaptation of clueless and put it in a period piece and still maintain that same vulnerability of the main character um yeah but but yeah same clothes right exactly the same clothes yeah but she but she does a great job of 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 slowly growing that character and you and 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 you see her gaining that emotional maturity as time goes on and I, i think she does it in an incredible way um without her character ever feeling particularly cruel like the cruel moments all feel quite performative and and you know allowing her to unleash a cruelty at times which she knows is something that should not be unleashed but in 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 trying to create this status for herself you then she then falls into that trap left by other people and i think the way that they portrayed that and still allowed her to be sympathetic in that way was very well done and a lot of that comes down to her really good performance um and and yeah, so she's great, and I think you know she's shown a great maturity over the years in the film she's been in, a, a great versatility. So you know she's great, she's brilliant in this. Uh, she's in the Witch as well. Uh, she's in Split, the um, Vavitch, the Vavitch. Um, and so yeah, I heard great things about that as well. Yes, it's a, a very good film. She's also in a really good adaptation of The Miniaturist that came out um, a couple of years back. Ah, I did see a little bit of that. I thought I recognised her from somewhere. Yeah, and she's um, she's really good in that as well. So really watch out for her getting an Oscar at some point because I think it's probably going to happen. Yeah, for sure. Again, she's only 23. Yeah. She's got a whole life ahead of her. Um, but I think it's only a matter of time before she gets an Oscar. She's um, one film that I'm very much looking forward to that she's going to be in is um, Robert Eggers, who directed The Witch. His next movie is called The Northman, and it is a Viking revenge saga. Brilliant. Love it. Um, it's got her, Alexander Skarsgård, uh, Nicole Kidman, Bill Skarsgård as well, Willem Dafoe. Oh, brilliant. Great casting. Bring it on. Give us some horrendous viking action and and dread and everything but but everyone else in this movie is really good as well mere goth um is 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 great as well um as harriet smith Um, yeah she's another one that's had a very interesting career so far um bill nye is perfect in 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 bill nye he he does bill nye 
<laughs> and it works very well. In a Bill Nye outfit. Yeah, being all Bill Nye. Um, <laughs> Bill Nye. Nye. Wasn't that an end ups? <laughs> that is an end. That's where he takes the name from. Bill Nye. Yeah. That... Or was it that end ups are such big fans of him that they had to mention him in every song? <laughs> They're huge fans of Bill Nye in end ups. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, the N stands for Nye. Yeah, exactly. Nye dubs. Um, but then you've got Josh O'Connor. Um, a man, a main man, Josh O'Connor. Yeah, we love this boy. From God's Own Country. From God's Own Country. He's great. He is brilliant. He's also, he plays Prince Charles in The Crown and is he does, very yeah. good in that. Uh, Again, another like rising star. Someone who like we've seen in smaller things and now just every time you turn around, he's in a film and he's great. Yeah, he's brilliant. We Like future Oscar winner. Yeah, there, sure. there's so many great people in this movie. So he's really good as well. Johnny Flynn, of course, is oh, wonderful. Love him. Uh, bags of charisma, that man. Bags of talent. Um, but yeah, Mia, Mia Goff is great um, as well. Um, and then you've got, you know, people like Callum Turner, who plays Frank Churchill. He's very good. Uh, and, mm. and of course, you've got uh, Miranda Hart, who everybody yeah. loves. I was pleasantly surprised by her. I thought she was really, really good. And it actually betrays the fact that I think she's probably a decent actor and could do some more film stuff that would actually be good. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of the show Miranda, but in pretty much everything else that I've seen her in, I've I've really enjoyed her performances. She's in Spy, which is a movie I really want us to watch at some point, which is a very... Oh, that looks really stupid. It's really stupid, but really good fun at the same time. Um, I did not know she was in yeah. that. It's it's a really it's another one of those Melissa McCarthy movies that you know she did because there wasn't any other work on, but actually she should have done something that was better because she's better than it. It's but also it's funny. It's it's actually a lot better than people give it credit for. It's directed by Paul Feig as well, um, so it's not one of those bottom of the barrel scrapes of oh we better put out a comedy. Uh, Jason Statham is in it and he's amazing as well. It's it's actually a much better movie than people give it credit for. Um, but yeah, she's in that and she's very funny in that actually. Um, so yeah, give give us more Miranda Hart in things. Put, have yeah. a movie where Miranda Hart and Miranda Richardson play detectives together and call it Miranda Rights. <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> they just go around reading people their Miranda rights all the time. You've you, you've got you've got Miranda. You've got the right to remain Miranda. You've got Miranda Richardson, who is like the grizzled detective cop who's seen some stuff. And then you've got Miranda Hart, who's more used to like desk work, paperwork, that kind of thing. But is also incredibly bouncy and friendly. Yes. And is somehow British on the LAPD or whatever. Yeah, they're in the LAPD. They're doing like drug busts and things like that. But and 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 it's the it's the classic you know, two cops are at each other's throats and the angry, the angry um, sergeants just like you two, you're working together on this case and they have to learn to love each other. So, you know, they, they realize that Miranda Hart's bubbly personality. Angry sergeant played by Ice-T. Played by Ice-T, yeah. Um, realize that her personality allows them to get into places and she can kind of be bumbling and a distraction whilst Miranda Richardson sneaks in. And, and people love her British accent. Yes, yeah. Because um, Miranda Richardson's British as well, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, but you get the feeling she could do an accent. Yeah, so so maybe we set her up as an American in this. Yeah. Um, and then Miranda Hart is just British, 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 British. Um, but then, yeah, then they've got to do this huge drug bust together. Um, th- this is our next yeah. movie. 
It's like a $45 billion drug bust. There's some kind of drug king that they've got to take down. Yeah. And then, and then, yeah, they've got to, they've got to get on it. This is the next Big Boys production, by the way. Yeah, yeah, Miranda, Miranda writes. Miranda writes. It's got to end with a big shootout at the Griffith Observatory. <laughs> yes, yes, this is happening. <laughs> Miranda Hart just like jumping and running in slow mo with two guns. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then she knocks over and breaks a very expensive telescope. Yep, exactly. And says, "Oops." <laughs> And then looks at the camera and just winks. <laughs> uh, well, Ice T's in the background going, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, someone get the queen on the line. <laughs> and, yeah, and then they'd use, like, obviously stock footage of the queen. Or they do that thing that they did to Peter Cushing in Rogue One. And just yeah. use old footage and, to make a new CGI queen. Can you like, CGI queen? <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is happening. Miranda and yep. Miranda, we know you're listening. If you're listening, we know you listen every week. We know you love this podcast. Get in touch. We've got a movie for you. It's going to be brilliant. Yep. Um, you're going to love it. Anyway, unfortunately, there are no shootouts in in Emma. That's something you. Although that that scene at the picnic where she insults Miranda Hart, that is like someone has been shot. In yes. the, within the context of the film, it's so cutting and so like everyone that kind of intake of breath, everyone just goes, <gasps> and like you as the as the audience do that as well. That is just like a perfect pivotal scene in the film that reveals sort of some of her true nature. And then obviously she cries because she's realised, hey, I'm really like that. And it's yeah, wow, that was an amazing moment and really really well done. And everything in the film kind of hinged on that, and that made it work emotionally as well as from a comic perspective yeah exactly and and i think you know that it's such in the wrong hands that could be such a low-key moment that doesn't land but they do it in such a way that you you feel as upset as as the characters do and you feel that shock and think oh god what have you done um which is which is quite an incredible thing to have done where you know we're not we're not used to the pleasantries of the society in which this movie's made you know we we call each other horrible names constantly um, you absolute rooster! <laughs> um, you twat! You you you, you, you bellend bullbag! That's your full you name. Yeah, pe- peen <laughs> is another one, isn't it? Peen is a wonderful word. Yeah. Um, underused. Underused. Um, it is a Palomino Club favourite. <laughs> part yeah. of the reason why our band gets on so well is our love of the word peen. Yeah, I think um, we'd have broken up years ago if we didn't have that holding us together. <laughs> it's not about the music. Exactly, exactly. Um, so, um, <laughs> so, so, yeah. Um, but, but, but that scene is—it's really shocking. It's done so well, and you understand like Johnny Flynn's fury. You understand um, Emma's devastation at realizing, you know, the route that she's going down. It's all really quite powerful and then the redemption arc off the back of that then becomes that much more earnest and that much more engaging because of it yeah for sure it's yeah there is an earnestness to it but at the same time there there's just enough comedy to undermine that and make it not seem stuffy yes yeah for sure you know the the whole even moments when when she sort of um uh, having that conversation about love with Johnny Flynn 
uh, when she starts having that nosebleed and it's like, oh no, I can't do this. You, you're meant to love Mia Goth. You're meant oh, to yeah. love Harriet. Like even there, just just little moments like that, like adding in the nosebleed, it gives it that that comedic feel um, where it, it never reaches sort of slapstick, but even in in character reactions and in and in in slight facial movements there's this knowing comedy behind it where it's saying you know what this isn't a film that you can take entirely seriously but it but it does have that important message about don't be a fucking bull bag to people <laughs> yeah be a don't kind be a dick. be a kind human being don't be a ball bag or Johnny Flynn will give you a bollocking while you cry in a carriage. And and let's face it, like Johnny Flynn giving someone a bollocking, I think he could do a great public service by just going around giving people a bollocking who deserves it. It is a top bollocking. That's as good as any bollocking that I ever got from a parent or a teacher. Yeah, like if Johnny Flynn was... And my mum is a famously very good bollocking. <laughs> like if, if Johnny Flynn came up to me and, and said, like, mate, I'm just disappointed... You'd feel so bad, wouldn't you, Johnny? Yeah, yeah. He'd look, he'd look you dead in the eye as well. If if Johnny Flynn was my dad, and I wish he was my dad, <laughs> Johnny Flynn, I already have a dad, but he's only like eight years older than us. <laughs> I know, I know, but he can be my. <laughs> Don't make it weird. He can be my dad, my daddy, daddy, daddy yep. Flynn, daddy Flynn, <laughs> or like, or like, or like uncle or cool family friend. Who you want to yeah. you want to impress and you want to be on good behaviour for? Um, yeah, yeah. He's your dad's mate. Yeah, who gives you like cool CDs on your birthday? Yeah, he he's like the young he's like the young person who works at your dad's work who you're desperate yeah. to like be on good behaviour for. Who, who's yeah, like, dad's too fat to have a kick around, but Daddy Flynn will have a go. Yeah, he'll be like, all right, and then he'll, he'll give you a like Mogwai CD and say, oh yeah, these guys are cool. You might like them. And you go, oh yeah. Daddy Flynn. Make you a mixtape. Yeah, Daddy Flynn, you're cool. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's that. <laughs> we love- I'm just gonna go and shut the window because my neighbour's dog is outside and it's fucking barking and it's really annoying. You'll probably still <laughs> okay. be able to hear it when the window's closed anyway. But so, can you just fill the silence by I don't know talking shit about me? <laughs> All right, okay. <laughs> Paddy is such a bull bag. He's the worst bull bag in the world. Oh, the dog's barking and I can't handle it anymore. What a pathetic whelp of a human being. One of these days I'm going to stab him in the eye and you all know it. Where the hell is he? Come on, come back. I'm back. Hello. I just heard you laughing maniacally. Yeah. Were you singing? Tell me you did a song. I did not. I, I said incredibly mean things about you as you requested. Oh, good. Good. That's what I like to hear. You love to see it. Yep, you do. You love to see it. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, jo- Johnny Flynn's um, bollocking service coming soon to a town near you. I mean, he can when um, when this whole COVID nineteen lockdown lifts. Johnny Flynn's going to have a lot of good business coming his way. Actually, the police should hire him to go around and bollock people who who aren't observing the social distancing guidelines. Yeah, I think that would go down incredibly well. Johnny Flynn. With appropriate PPE provided free of charge, of course. Yeah, or, or like he, he's there with a megaphone, like a good distance away from people, just telling them off. <laughs> Oi, get the fuck out of the park. Get out of the park, you idiots. <laughs> you roasters. Don't make me sing you a beautiful folk song. <laughs> yeah, because I'm good at that. Oh, he's good at everything. 
Yeah. So yeah, there's a nice moment where he does some singing, of course. He does. He does some. His voice was on the soundtrack and over the credits, right? It was him, yeah. Being all very good at singing, the bastard. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not fair that he's good at acting and good at singing. You shouldn't be allowed to have both. No, exactly. You should be. Which obviously would be problematic for musicals, but you know. You should be good at one, but not the other, like everybody else. Like, have you heard the bands of, of famous actors? Yeah, Dogstar. Dogstar. <laughs> Dogstar. Love it. Or um, <laughs> or Johnny Depp's terrible band. Oh, God. What are they called? The Idiot Boys? <laughs> the idiot Boys. <laughs> um, that's what I'm calling my next band, by Johnny the way. Depp band. Johnny Depp Band. Johnny idiot Depp Boys. and the Idiot Boys is going to be my next Hollywood band. Vampires. That is, that is a shit name that for a band. That is a really bad name, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, Idiot Boys. Much better name. <laughs> <laughs> like um, like the ordinary boys, <laughs> the idiot boys. Idiots will be boys. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Johnny Depp with a shaved head being a cockney. Whatever happened to the ordinary band. boys? I don't know. The guy stormed off the set of um, Nevermind the Buzzcocks and never came back. No one's heard from him since. They were from Worthing in West Sussex. Really? I did not know that. They split up in early 2008. Then they did a reunion in 2011. That was a very short breakup. Most bands don't release an album in that amount of time. Um, And then they released a fourth album. And I don't know if they've done anything since then. You know who's an actor who can do music okay? Hugh Laurie. Oh, really? He does the blues. Doesn't Ryan Gosling play in a band? Oh yeah, Dead Man's Bones. Is it Dead Man's Bones or Dead Man's Shoes? Dead Gosling. Dead Man's Balls. (laughs) Dead Man's Balls, exactly, yeah. (laughs) They did the soundtrack to um, La La Land. Yeah. All of that balls. Yeah, and bags. And apparently, The Ordinary Boy's last album was produced by the guy (laughs) from Test Icicles. Do you you remember Test Icicles? Yeah, yeah. I think the guys who were in that band are now really, really trying to pretend it never existed <laughs> by doing hip and cool music. But it was good. Yeah, I was a fan of their 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 dance their dance Such rock a stupid nonsense name. <laughs> with a terrible name. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that song "Catch It." I love that. Yeah. So good. Oh man, that was a that was a um, <clears throat> that was a thing. Oh, one of them's but, died. Oh really? Yeah. God, that's, that's really sad. Terrible. I'm sorry. I've brought down the whole thing i'm just finding out about all the test icicles people yeah dev hines has been making good music yes um, yeah he has collaborated with carly ray jepson so that's always know, a sign ticks that box for me that's always a sign of quality carly ray jepson yeah is is a international hero and i i think carly ray jepson would have been the only thing that i'd wish would be added to emma yeah, she'd be great. She could have had one of the minor roles. Yeah. And, you know, should have done all of the music. And actually, <laughs> her, her you know and Johnny what? Flynn. <laughs> her and Johnny Flynn. They'd be, yeah, he's on the violin, she's on the piano. She could have played that role, actually. She could have done, yeah. I mean, Am- yeah. Amber Anderson does a good job as Jane Fairfax, but yeah. is she Carly Rae Jepsen? 
No, because no. they're two entirely different people. Not out of 20. Not out of 20. Not but genuinely, I would like to see this kind of film done with that kind of soundtrack and a, just a little bit of that kind of aesthetic, just to see if it would work. Oh, what? So adding in sort of um, almost doing a um, Marie Antoinette. Uh, that's exactly what I was going to say. Something like Marie Antoinette. Well, you know that I love that film. Yeah. But that I feel like that film almost works but doesn't quite get there and is a bit too bizarre but i do like it and i I did enjoy it a lot but yeah i'd like to see more i'd like to see more films like that more films trying to break the mold in that way basically i just want more of carly ray jepson's kind of music on film soundtracks and integrated into the aesthetic of the film you know is that too much to ask yes (laughs) you've you've overstepped the line here paddy (laughs) i give up no, but, but but I agree. I think that kind of thing could work incredibly well. And I think films like Marie Antoinette and films like The Favourite set a blueprint for doing things a bit differently in period pieces. And Emma doesn't... It doesn't push the boat out quite enough for me to make it a, a real contender for one of those real interesting period films. But you can see that there's the same kind of playfulness there where they're trying to do something a little bit different with it. So even though it's it's quite restricted in its approach there's still enough new ideas to make it more than just what you'd see on bbc yeah oh it's definitely like way better than that kind of stuff yeah for sure for sure Um, so yeah it's good it's what it's worth your time yeah definitely um so right have you got anything else you'd like to say have you um, have you read nicholas burns was in it very briefly as well oh nicholas burns nathan barley he he always shows up in this kind of stuff, just like in the background, doesn't he? He does. He's great. He just randomly shows up. Um, like I I really love, you know, the different things that he's in. He's in um, Benidorm. Yeah, yeah, which is a great little show. It got, it's got progressively less good as time goes on, but those early seasons. Is it still going? I think it's still going. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, but those those early seasons, um, I think, are very, very funny. Um, and so, yeah. Um, but yeah, he does he does show up in random stuff, and this is a perfect example of just being like, oh my God, it's Nathan Barley. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Um, have you read Emma, the book? No, I haven't. I've not ever had that much time for Jane Austen because Jane Austen is the reason that I did not get into Oxbridge University. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm very, very happy with how my life turned out because I wouldn't have met you. I wouldn't have met my wife and whatever. If I, <laughs> I like that I came before gone. your wife. Then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I did meet you first. You did. I, I you was did. doing it in chronological order. <laughs> <laughs> and in order of favourites. <laughs> well, yeah. My fa- the favourite being the favourite. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Um, So so why did Jane Austen stop you from getting into Oxbridge? So at uh, Oxbridge University, I had... Did you apply to Oxbridge University? I had zero fucking time for that bullshit. I decided, (laughs) you know, fuck this nonsense. Good, it is bullshit. But as you know, I went to a hoity-toity school where they wanted as many people to do it as possible. And, you know, I was in with a shot. But, you know, you had an exam, which I did really well on, one interview, which I think went okay, which was like a general interview where I talked to the guy about music and punk rock and stuff, and that was cool. And then you had the English, um, the, like, interview with one of the English professors, and his area, his specialism 
was Jane Austen. He said, had I read any? I said, no. And that was kind of it. You know, we talked, I can't even remember what we talked about the rest of the stuff, but as soon as I said no, it was just like, that was an immediately like I wasn't getting in because I hadn't happened to have read the thing that was his specialism, you know? And like, it just hadn't come up. It hadn't been on the curriculums that I'd been studying. So what, you know? I'm not bitter, honestly, but, you know. <laughs> he says as he starts crying. <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, I'm genuinely very happy with how things turned out, and I'm I'm open to the idea of reading Jane Austen, but you know, there's also Dune to get through. So, <laughs> well, you know, having read some Jane Austen <laughs> and having read Dune, I can tell you that Dune is much better. <clears throat> Do you want people talking about very re- very boring relationships, or do you want giant sandworms? Do you want? Uh, there's only one answer. Yeah. To that. Do you want crazy drug, crazy spice drugs that enhance every facet of your being, or do you want corsets? Do I want to be reading a book thinking how many hundreds of pages am I going to get into this before I get to the character who's portrayed by Sting in the film that I've seen? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, and I, I know they're very different, but Brontes are better than Austin. Yeah, the uh, the National Theatre has been putting free full shows on YouTube of late, which is great. And their adaptation of Jane Eyre is on there at the moment. We watched about half of it. It was great. Oh, I love Jane Eyre. Still got to watch the rest of it at some point. But yeah, it was really good. Really well done and quite simple, but really effective staging. Oh, amazing. I'll have to check that out. Jane Eyre's, I don't know if I want to say one of my favourite books, but it's a book that I keep thinking back to. Every so often I'll be like... Oh yeah, Jane Eyre was a really good book. Yeah, um, her bed was on fire, <laughs> which is exactly what you want your bed to be. Yeah. Um, also, there's a guy in the National Theatre production who plays multiple characters, and one of the characters he plays is the dog. Oh, and he acts as a dog, and it's brilliant. <laughs> is that where they got the idea for that Harrison Ford movie? <laughs> Call of the Wild. Call of the Wild. <laughs> yeah, it's never been done before. <laughs> not based on any source text <laughs> no it's, it's it's they saw this guy and they were like right this is what we need to do yeah they thought you know what dog man perfect we'll do it um dog man perfect it's my favorite suede album <laughs> real talk though dog man star the best suede album yeah, it's good it's, it's very good so good um because cool of the wild is it based on a i really want to see it is it based on a book or just on yeah have you not have you never it's jack london have you never read the book no i've not because I, I know that well, there's, it's free the ebook is free on ibooks and amazon so you've got no excuse because there's because it's an old movie i didn't i don't know if it was based on a book first so it's an old movie it's been adapted about 10 times on film but the book is awesome. It's genuinely really, really good and really well written and really thrilling. But it, and it's from the point of view of the dog, and it's lovely, but it's also you know very emotional. I lo- I love that book. I've been I, rereading the ebook on my phone on the toilet. I might give it a read. I'm put off by the fact that it's from the perspective of the dog. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to. You don't, don't want to know. Uh, yeah, every second word is like poop, poop, bones, <laughs> woof, woof. <laughs> It, I, when I said it was realistic, that's what I meant. And then, dearly, dear reader, I licked my balls. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I, I mean, he's a he's a good lad, isn't he, Jack London? Yeah, he was yeah. a good one. 
Um, so yeah, maybe He's got I'll... a lot of books that are quite similar. All about wolf boys and stuff. He's a wolf boy. He he's written loads of loads of different things. Um, so because he did he do White Fang, another book yep. about well not dogs but a wolf. Yep, that's the one. Okay. Wolf London. He clear- should have called him. <laughs> that's his son. <laughs> wolf London. Um, that that's my next band. <laughs> Along with the Idiot Boys, Wolf London, Wolf London London and the Idiot Boys, Wolf London and the Idiot Boys. (laughs) What kind of music do they play? I mean, that's got to be unbelievably shit garage rock. Let's be honest. Yeah, that that sounds like the kind of band we would we would have ended up on a bill with on one of those bands where there's eight bands on the bill and they're all sound they're all nothing alike. Yeah. And the promoters somehow making loads of money because all of their friends, they've brought 11 people and the threshold to be paid is 12 people. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wolf London and the Idiot Boys. Just... Which means that a lot of people on the door have had to say, they've gone, who have you come to see? And over 10 people have had to say the words Wolf London and the Idiot Boys <laughs> out loud. They end their set with a razor light cover. Oh, God. <laughs> they, play, they play Golden Touch like a double fucking hate that song so much <laughs> they really thrash it out uh what was the guy's name johnny johnny something <laughs> not johnny flynn johnny idiot johnny idiot <laughs> johnny london yep <laughs> and the wolf boys <laughs> i'm getting very confused now about where this is going <laughs> I've, oh, um, I've uh, yeah, I'm losing it here. Um, so Emma, have you got anything else you want to say about Emma? Um, let's see. No, I don't know that I do. It's just that it's good. It's a great cast. It's very, very well put together. Doesn't necessarily break any boundaries, but as a contemporary update on previous film adaptations, which I hear are, exist and are also okay, it's good. It's worth. It's worth watching. It's worth uh, your time. And do you like and this on streaming? Do you like this more or less than Clueless? I still, pre- I still prefer Clueless. I'd still much rather watch Clueless. I don't think I would watch this again because I do still have that. There's still a part of me that always will find these kind of things stuffy, and I will always have to work a bit harder to enjoy them. I think even <clears throat> if they're really, if they are doing something great then I would still always much rather watch a film like Clueless. But that's just a personal thing, isn't it? Yeah, I think I like Clueless more as well, because Clueless is... There's something iconic about it. Um, but this is this is a very good film, and I think I often get very tired of period films, but this one does it in a way that's engaging and nice, and it's good. It's a good film. It gets good out of good on the goodometer. Yeah, for sure. It's good. Um, so it's definitely good. So a little bit of trivia for you. Um, so this is the first feature film directed by Autumn DeWilde, who um, she'd done lots of different music videos and things like that before this. But I think for a, for a feature debut, it's, it's very accomplished. Um, yeah, for sure. All of the music performances in the film are real, played <clears throat> by the actors in character, which I don't think comes as much of a surprise. There's something mm. very organic feeling about all of them. Um, which is great. 
Um, this is also the second film that Anya Taylor-Joy and Mia Goth are in together. Um, oh. The other being a film called Marrowbone, um, which is also known as The Secret of Marrowbone, which is an interesting little mystery horror about a reclusive family that lives in a in an old farmhouse. Um, it also stars um, George McKay and Charlie Heaton. Um, so, oh yeah, so Charlie Heaton from from Stranger Things, from Stranger Things, yeah, um, and uh, George McKay, who's in, um, he's the guy from 1917. He was in Pride. He was in. I'll never um, watch that, but fair play to him. Uh, he's in True History of the Kelly Gang, which is the last film that I saw in cinemas before the lockdown, ah. which is a great movie. It, it has is, is that Peaky Blinders in Ireland? <laughs> Peaky Blinders in Ireland. <laughs> Just, I'm just taking a wild guess from the very little that I know about that film. Uh, How accurate is that? It's unbelievably inaccurate. <laughs> um, so Good. it's a very art house story that's a biopic of of Ned Kelly. Um, oh, okay. And right. the the you know his Australian gang um, that that has a lot of it spends a lot of time on his childhood. It also has. Um, Russell Crowe with a big beard singing one of the filthiest songs you'll ever hear in your life. Okay, I'm down for that. Yeah, it's it's. Wait, ha- that happened in Les Miserables, surely? <laughs> there was no swearing in Les Mis. There's a lot of swearing. Hello, fuck you. I'm here to sing my song. <laughs> my name's Javert. I'm gonna <laughs> kick your ass. <laughs> um, oh, I love Russell Crowe singing. I, Wait, doesn't he have a band as well? He does. That has a really terrible name. Russell Crowe and the Furious Dingoes. I don't. Know. <laughs> um, yeah, he he seems like thirty odd foot of grunts. <laughs> That's what the it. fuck does that mean? That's it. That's it. Um, he's uh, yeah. They're they're like a bluesy rock band, aren't they? I think. That's potentially even worse than Hollywood vampires. <laughs> no, there's something too there's something too weird about thirty odd foot of grunts. Whereas, yeah. whereas Hollywood Vampires a is just a really generic, good goof factor. generic bullshit name. Um, yeah. But yeah, so so yeah, um, that that's a really good film. Uh, uh, History of the Kelly Gang. Really, you'd enjoy it as well. It's very strange in the way that it's 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 filmed. Um, oh, cool. It's directed by um, Justin Kurzel, who did uh, the really good Macbeth adaptation that came out. A few years ago with michael fassbender and marion cotillard um oh right yeah yeah he's he's great and and kelly gang is really good so that's a that's a definite go and watch it when it comes to streaming services um but yes um but yeah that, that'll do i've forgotten where i got up to with um with my trivia oh johnny flynn and josh o'connor they were both on the lay miz miniseries from a few years ago as well uh-huh. Um, the one without music. The one without music, based on the book, not on the music. What a waste of time! Yeah. <laughs> Hello, you shits. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, so yeah. So it was. Uh, you know, I think they really missed a trick in not having Dominic West singing. <laughs> I have a feeling that Dom- Dominic West has really good, like Luke yeah. Luke Evans singing energy to him. I've never seen him in oh, any of those sure. songs. Um, but yeah, so so lame is is he could do a Gaston. He could definitely do a Gaston. Just look at him. Um, but yeah, so that'll do for trivia. Um, so so how are we going to how are we going to rate this? Oh, that's a that's a 
tough one actually how many yards of twine will you buy from the haberdashery how many odd foot of grunts <laughs> how many odd foot of grunts <laughs> um i will buy 14 feet of yarn and i will do the same yeah, that's good four, yeah I, th- I think we're we're aligned on this aren't we yeah this is a good film it's not it's not groundbreaking in the way that people have been saying it is but it is beautiful well directed well acted and if you like historical romances then it's hard to go wrong with this you will not be disappointed no no um so what have you got next well even though people have cautioned us against it we watched that that stupid netflix film love wedding repeat the other day and i do actually want to talk about it because there is there are some talk good talking points i think have you watched it <laughs> i have not watched it yet no okay okay good I, w- I won't say anything more about it yet but i think it would be a good one for us to to talk about so love love wedding repeat this is the one i think that's what this it's is called one... i keep getting the title wrong this is the one with with mrs poldark in it isn't it yes yeah that's right Okay. Mrs. Poldark goes to Italy, as you may think of it. <laughs> That's what they should have called it. Love wedding repeat. Fuck off. <coughs> Mrs. Yep. Poldark goes to Italy. Yep. Um, and has some hijinks. Mrs. Poldark goes to Italy, hijinks ensue. <laughs> I see it's directed by a guy called Dean Craig. Um, you should never yep. trust a man, a man with, with two, two first names. Coming from Gordy Gordon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never Canadian heartthrob Gordy Gordon. <laughs> Gordy Gordon. Um, yeah, but I, I see that it has Frida Pinto in. Frida Pinto, mm-hmm. who has one of the best names. Yep. Like that's a... it, just sound, it just sounds like it could be a composer, a painter, a ballerina, or someone with some incredibly fancy highbrow occupation who's really good at it. Yeah, exactly. Frida Pinto is a brilliant name. It could be any kind of revolutionary leader <laughs> this well. is true yeah um so yeah okay love love wedding repeat that's what we yeah. watch the latest netflix trash because that's all we have now that's all it, we have left all we have is is netflix trash um so i'll leave you with the memory of razor light oh geez thank you what oh they didn't get very far in america <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, they did not have the golden touch, and I seem to remember that their lead singer had stupid hair. <laughs> we should do another podcast where we just do summaries of bands that we sort of half remember. <laughs> bands that we half remember, but what we do remember, we hate. In a sort of sort of almost haiku poetry, <laughs> yeah, be really dry way. Well, at the very least, a Twitter account. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that that's it for me. That's everything. That's good night from him. It's good night from me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, thanks for tuning in as always. We really, really appreciate it. Hope you're all keeping safe and well in these strange times and that we're bringing you some comfort by talking shit about films. Yeah, please watch bad movies with us and watch good movies with us and yeah. watch movies with us. Watch movies because movies are good. There's a lot of them and they will keep you sane. Yes. So, yeah, enjoy it. I hope you watch and enjoy Emma. And you can get in touch with us on Twitter at Big Boys Don't Pod on the emails Big Boys Don't Cry Podcast at gmail.com. What did you think of Emma? 
Have, yeah. have you added a dot to the end of your name? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> please don't answer that email if you're in the band Portugal dot the man. Because <laughs> we'll know the answer. Where does that rate versus 30 odd foot of grunts? Or, oh, God. Or Hollywood vampires? This is, this is a real Sophie's choice. Or, for me. <laughs> or what what was it wolf london and the idiot boys do you think do you think wolf london and the idiot boys is hey, that's a, better a that's name a good name yeah that's better than portugal dot the man wolf london and the idiot boys that's going to the top yeah. of that's going to the top, top of, of the, the band, band name list yeah band names supported by car seat headrest and catfish and the bottle man catfish and the bottle man <laughs> Genuinely, Wolf London and the Idiot Boys is a better band name than Catfish and the Bottle Man. Bottle Men. <laughs> bottle Man. You can fight me, Catfish, if that is your real name. Yeah, fuck off, Catfish. Well, fucking have it. <laughs> Who do you think you are, Neve Shulman? Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, nice try. Done with you. Take your Bottle Men with you and go back to whatever <laughs> fucking lake you found them on. <laughs> wait so he's a catfish and he found some bottles in the lake because people were like fly tipping or whatever yeah get the fuck out catfish boy (laughs) oh i love i love catfish i do yeah i've got whiskers but i'm underwater makes no sense yeah i'm here digging up dirt and being a bull bag and singing that's actually not a bad summary of their music and what they do <laughs> it's a dirty ball bag i mean a, a very, ba- very a, bad a band with that bad a name should not be making music that boring let's be yeah. honest you should be doing some mr bungle style shit yeah i agree yeah if you're gonna give yourself a stupid goofy name then that's what you should do like maybe wolf london and the idiot boys are actually yeah a mr bungle style like noisy noisy bizarro band yeah actually that's a good idea um however it turns out a little bit of catfish in the bottle men trivia for you paddy because i know you're oh, dying dear. to know apparently cut this out. they were formally i never cut anything out of the show i'm gonna cut this out apparently they're formally known as the prestige which is a shit name in keeping that's with their boring that's music potentially even worse and what's what, what's worse is that it's the name of a really good film and they were gonna i've never seen it but i've heard that it's good oh it's so good um, but you know what's not good? Catfish and the Bottle Men. Get out. Terrible. Bloated indie fucks. <laughs> terrible band, terrible name. But yeah, The Prestige. That's that's like, a and again, the name of a band that we would have played with. You'd, pro- <laughs> probably in like a university battle of the bands. They're, they're the guys that have like a generic sample pad on their keyboard that they keep using. And you're just like, yeah. I know this. They've just pressed like the equivalent of the DJ button on their keyboard, and they've got good hair. They've so got everyone thinks excellent they're good. hair. They've got excellent hair and expensive guitars. That their mummy yeah. bought them. Yeah, precisely. Real American strats, not even Mexican. Not even Mexican ones. Yeah, <laughs> but they've never bothered to change the strings, so they sound dull, <laughs> like catfish in the bottle. Then. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, if you can't tell, I'm losing my mind in lockdown. As am I. As am I. This is this is this is a adequate view of where my mind is at right now. 
I'm really glad we have this show to um to document it. <laughs> exactly. It's going to be this is going to turn into one of those murder podcasts. <laughs> yeah, well we've discussed that before, haven't yeah. we? That's the direction we're going in. It's finally happening. This is how we're going to get popular. This is how we're going to hit the big time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh dear. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. Well, I better leave you to it so we can go plan that. But um thank you for tuning in. We really really appreciate it. We'll be back next week to talk about Love wedding repeat. Repeat, repeat, repeat. All right. Bye bye. Bye. There ought to be a law, get the sheriff on the phone.